Good morning. It's Thursday Connect. I have my beautiful, fearfully, and wonderfully made cup of tea. If you want to join me, you need to go get your tea or your coffee or your Coke or your Sprite or your water or your juice. And let's dive in to the Word of God today. We're coming back online, Thursday Connect. And um, so as you start joining in, I hope to see your name. Tell me, hey, Pastor Jen, I am joining with you. Tell me your name and where you're joining us from. And I'm so thankful. I know we're going to have, I'm expecting some new friends today. And uh, we use the chat a lot. So um, type in the chat, hi, from wherever you're watching from today. And we are going to have an amazing time. Hi, Rosa. Yay. Oh, boy. We can't gather together, but we can gather online. Hi, Eunicia. Good morning, ICF Rome family. Uh, it's so good to be together. Uh, so you, as we go along, we're going to type in the chat for those of you that are regular attenders to Thursday Connect or even Wednesday Night Prayer. But be watching the chat for me as we go along and welcome those new people because I'm going to be talking. Hi, Boriana. Hallelujah. Hi, Esther. Hi, Barger Genti. Yay, we're back. Barbara's in the U.S. up early this September morning. So uh, Eunice is watching us from Kinshasa. That's awesome. <laughs> Eunice, is that in the U.K.? I never heard of that one. Or no, I mean France. I think you're in France. Awesome. <laughs> so we are going to dive in, and I'm just waiting for a few more that I know we're going to try to sign on and join in. I am excited about our book study. So if you are going to be joining us for the next several weeks, this is the book that we are going to study. It's called Be Comforted on the Book of Isaiah. If you have your Bible, you got your study guide, but this book is going to be awesome. It's written by Warren Wearsby. Warren Wearsby. You can order it online. You can get it downloaded on your phone or your tablet as well. And so um, please make yourself available to this book, Be Comforted. And so as we are joining <laughs> Unicia, okay, that's the capital. I don't know where you are, but I'm glad you're here online. That's awesome. I love you. <laughs> um, it's wonderful to be a part of such an international church. And you can see that this international pastor still needs to learn <laughs> some of the capitals of country. So maybe I can work on my memory for that. That would be a good thing for us to learn. Uh, it's awesome. God is doing amazing things. So as we dive in, uh, yes. Okay. Let me, let me see. Cherry or someone. Oh, there you are. Hi, Amy. I was just about to text you. Good. We've got Amy from Padova. Glad you found us. And we are starting with our book series today from the book on the book of Isaiah. Be comforted. Hi, Ivy from Kenya. So happy to have you joining us today. And I am so excited about this book. So first, um, one of the things we do when we're all together is we normally we would go around the room and say something that we're praising God for. So can you type in the chat 
something that you're praising God for this week. And if you need to, before we really dive in, I've got my tea that says fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, but you can go get a cup of tea or a drink so that you can sit down with your Bible. If you don't have the book, all you need is the book of Isaiah. And um, But will you type something in the chat that you're thankful for? Amen. Thank you. We welcome Amy and Ivy and all of our friends. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just going to forward the link to some of my other friends that might want to join us. Okay. I can tell you that today I am thankful for God's healing power over our granddaughter. I mean, it is a miracle. And I had so many prayer partners praying with us. She's only been out of the hospital for two days. She was in the hospital almost a week. Yes, Esther, we praise God for to be happy. Awesome. What are you thanking God for? My daughter who's making lunch so I can attend this meeting. Yes, we're thankful for our daughters. I'm so thankful for helpful daughters too. Hi, Nana. Thankful for the gift of salvation. Hi, Luis. Thankful for that. Yes, isn't it amazing that we have Jesus in our lives? Hi, Nana. Hi, Salome. What are you thankful for? Remember, people will come back and watch the chat later or watch the video later throughout the day as people wake up in different time zones. And so we love to put scriptures. Hi, Tap Tenny. Praise the Lord for everyone. We're glad to see you from India. Wonderful. So again, just to remind you, and it's also in the chat there, it's listed now. The name of the book is called Be Comforted. Be Comforted. Okay? And um, it's by Warren Wearsby. And today we're just going to start a little bit of introduction. So we've put in the chat those things that we're thankful for. And um, we're thankful for God being with us and healing us. And I just want to pray. At the end, we will pray for any needs that you have. Hi, Julia. Yes, we thank God for love, joy, peace. That's awesome. Uh, next week, we are actually, I'm going to try to have two or three. We're going to social distance. We might not be able to all be on the camera, but at least you'll be able to hear our voices interact a little bit more, too. And um, we may try to add a Zoom into there so we can have more verbal interaction, but we want you to interact on the chat. I've also got some people that send me a message that help me. If there's a comment to address, they, they'll help me to do that. So Lord, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for directing us to this book study on Isaiah in such a critical time in our world's history. And so Lord, we pray today that we would be excited about studying the word of God that whatever worries or concerns we have, we would just put them off to the side for this 45 minutes or so, and we would open our hearts to be refreshed and encouraged and enthused about doing life. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do in your word today. 
So um, I would like to know, too, if you're in the group and uh, you've, you are in process or you've already gotten the book, you can even type in the chat, I got my book or I got my book ordered so we can kind of see how many are doing this. One thing that we do for our book study when we're together even is um, like the week before, I'll make a couple copies of some of the highlights and I can send it. So I can post that so that you can, if you don't have your book yet, you'll kind of know where we're going from. So I want to just give you some of the rundown of how we are going to look at Isaiah and also what it says. If I'm on the contents page today. We're just doing introduction today. But we're going to talk about the Lord is our salvation. Several have already thanked God for that. That we're wanted. Isaiah, we'll talk about in Isaiah 1 through 6, we're wanted and God wanted a prophet. God wanted someone that would speak. Yes, thank you for the ones who've ordered their book using Kindle. Amazing. Um, that God is with us from Isaiah chapter 7 to 12. So you can see the contents. I'm showing you that right now so you can kind of see what we're going to break it down to. Okay, but I can't read backwards so I got to pull it away from the screen for a minute. Uh, the burdened people from Isaiah chapter 13 through 23, a refuge from the storm, the storm clouds over Jerusalem, future shock and future glory. Then the way he writes it, he says there's an interlude where we learn about King Hezekiah. And then some chapters on save the king. And then the book of consolation, how great thou art. Isaiah 40 and 48, this is God's servant, chapter 49, climbing Mount Everest, I can't wait to read that one, I never knew that, uh, the promises and the punishments and the kingdom and the glory, God is amazing. So one of the things I have that I like to use is my Life Application Study Bible. If you don't have a good study Bible, I encourage you to get that. So today, I'm just going to zoom over here for a minute. Great to see so many with us and looking for the book as well. Um, I want to give you a little bit from Isaiah, uh, from the Life Application Study Bible that sort of talks about who Isaiah was. One of the first things I noticed was the timeline. Okay, so can you see that? Here's the timeline of kind of how things went. When I think about a timeline, I think about how I'm, I'm going up in time, I'm going up in age, I'm going up in years. I went from being in Italy for one year to being in Italy for six years. Um, but this is so cool. Isaiah's timeline goes backwards. You know why? Because it was before the birth of Christ, and it's a countdown to how many years before Jesus came. Why is that important? Because as we study the Old Testament, we will see in the New Testament the fulfillment of so many prophecies, even Jesus quoting the prophecies from the Old Testament and fulfilling those prophecies. Why is that important? Because the Word of God is unchangeable. It is true. Type that in the chat. The Word of God is true. Amen? The word of God is true from cover to cover. So if I know what's written in, in the Old Testament 
is fulfilled in the New Testament, then that can give me great courage and great hope that what is written in the New Testament will be fulfilled either in my lifetime or in eternity to come. That Jesus is coming back. That there is a heaven to gain and a hell to avoid. That the word of God is true. Amen. It's so, so powerful. So in the timeline, I'm not going to bore you with all that. Maybe you're excited about it, but you can look it up kind of. It's all about the different kings that Isaiah witnessed in his timeline. But it says the purpose of this book of Isaiah was to call the nation of Judah back to God. Now, I don't know about you, but I think we need to call many nations back to God. If they think that they can have a successful nation without God, not trusting in God, not standing on God's principles, so much turmoil happens. And right now we see turmoil and violence happening because there is this struggle between good and evil. And so we look to Isaiah. And isn't it amazing that our book says to be comforted. So even though we're going to read about turmoil, we can be comforted that the promises of God are going to come true. And to tell of God's salvation through the Messiah. It's a book of prophecy. And so as we study this, this is going to be very important. Now, I want to read something to you that I want you to think about. Amen? God's word is true. Slowly he rose, and the crowd fell silent. Those at the back leaned forward, straining to hear. The atmosphere was electric. He spoke, and his carefully chosen words flew like swift arrows and found their mark. The great man, a spokesman for God, was warning, even condemning. The crowd became restless and shifting positions and clenching fists and murmuring. Some agreed with his message, nodding and, and weeping and softly, but most were angry and they began to shout back insults and threats. Such was the life of a prophet. Does that sound a little bit like our world today? Angry crowds raising their fists and shouting in violence. That's why I want you to know the word of God is relevant to where we are today. Such was the life of the prophet Isaiah. The office of the prophet was instituted during the days of Samuel, the last of the judges. The prophets stood with the priest of God, special representatives. The prophet's role was to speak for God, confronting the people and their leaders with, not just confronting, Confronting the people with the God's commands and God's promises. We must have grace and love and accountability. We must have knowledge and truth that will set us free from old patterns, old habits. And the prophet Isaiah is saying, these are some words of judgment. But if you want your life to look differently, then you've got to think differently, live differently, and live Live, really live and think in your mentality according to God's promises. And so sometimes these prophets weren't very popular, but through their message, they faithfully and forcefully proclaimed the truth. 
The book of Isaiah is the first of the writings of the prophets in the Bible. Isaiah is generally considered to be the greatest prophet. He was, can you imagine this? He was properly reared in an aristocratic home. He had a good upbringing. He was married to a prophetess. In the beginning, his ministry was well-liked. But like most prophets, he soon became unpopular because his messages were so difficult to hear. He called the people to turn from a life of sin and warned them about God's judgment. He had an active ministry for 60 years before he was executed during Manasseh's reign. Isaiah prophesied during the reign of several rulers, and we will read about that as well. But as you read Isaiah, imagine this strong and courageous man of God fearlessly proclaiming God's word and listen to his message in relation to our own life. Return, repent, and be renewed. So if you're helping me, guys in the chat, um, return, repent, and be renewed. And then there's a second part, to trust in God's redemption through Christ and rejoice. Your Savior is coming again. So we are going to see these concepts of return, repent, and be renewed. And then we are going to see redemption available through Jesus Christ. None of us are perfect, and we make mistakes. And so God wants you to, I am not being able to slide my chat, so thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, as you're, uh, got it. Okay, return, repent, and be renewed, and then we see the redemption of Christ, and we rejoice. Redemption and rejoicing. I can tell you that in difficult days in our world, it is hard to stay full of faith, to stay full of joy, uh, but these are the moments when we must persevere. We must be steadfast. We must be strong and courageous like Isaiah was. If you have a thought or a comment about even just the beginning of, of what we're going to do, why are you excited about studying Isaiah? What about this study encouraged you to, to join in? So you can type that in the chat. I'm excited to study Isaiah because. I'm excited to study Isaiah because, and they're helping to put up some of our uh, info. I'm excited to study Isaiah because the word of God is relevant. So we can add relevant to one of those R's, that he's relevant and he wants us to return to him. He wants us to be strong and courageous, but he also wants to redeem our life. And he wants us to rejoice I don't know about you, but in the middle of our granddaughter's battle last week, um, there was a couple nights in the midnight hour where I, you know, I wasn't rejoicing that she was sick. I'm telling you, it was hard. But I had prayer partners who were believing with me. And what I was rejoicing in is that, God, you promised. 
if I had to get up and pace the floor, if I had to praise him, I would say, thank you for healing. Thank you for redemption of her little body and her stomach. Thank you for restoring her health. I'm excited to study Isaiah because in the midst of this terrible war that was going on in those days, it was relevant to where we are. Yes, Boriana, because the promises of Jesus in the book are so encouraging. I also love that we had prophecies that we're going to see fulfilled later on, and we're going to cover that in just a minute. Um, so for those of you that are looking on your book, I'm at the beginning where it says the big idea. And um, he gives an illustration, the big idea. It's like the first page. Can you see that? Big idea. Sometimes we just kind of pick some paragraphs to talk about. Um, it says there was someone who wrote about this incredible voyage across the South Polar in Antarctica. Winds of over 150 miles an hour. So the hurricane just destroyed the city with winds about that big. They were hungry. They had oppressively dark days. And in this book, Shackleton's Incredible Adventure, the author writes about this darkness. He says, in all the world, there is no desolation more complete than the polar night. It is a return to the ice age. No warmth, no life, no movement. Only those who have experienced it can appreciate what it means to be without the sun day after day, week after week. Few men unaccustomed to it can fight off its effects altogether and that darkness had even driven men mad. So as we begin to study in Isaiah, we will see that this, this um, introduction reminds us that in dark days of the world, in dark days of the countries, God has a promise that he will fulfill. Yes, Barb, faith in the Lord is an essential need from Isaiah 7, 9. I love that. Amen. And if you post a scripture from Isaiah that you've already read and excited you, um, if you can, uh, the team will help also, but go ahead and post what that says. So now I'm on page nine in the book. I'm not sure if it's page nine on the Kindle, but it's saying that, um, the Lord saves. The big idea. What is the big idea through the book of Isaiah? The Lord saves. Write that down. The big idea is that the Lord saves. That means there is nothing too hard, nothing too difficult. It doesn't matter how kingdoms and countries and rulers were in complete chaos. The Lord saves. Shouldn't that be our message? That the Lord saves? So the big idea of Isaiah is that the Lord saves and we can rejoice that he has redemption in every dark day. Yes, Boriana, God has a promise that he will fulfill. We do not let go of that promise. Amen. So let's take a look at three dynamics in regard to God saving in the book of Isaiah. So first, Isaiah said that a Savior was coming. It was predicted, listen to this, predicted and fulfilled. Benny, if you can write that down, 
predicted and fulfilled. So Isaiah predicted something and then it was fulfilled. It was predicted in Isaiah 7, 14 and chapter nine and six and seven, verse six and seven, and it was fulfilled, type fulfilled. It was fulfilled in Matthew 1, 18 through 25. God's word is true. It is predicted and fulfilled and we get to decide how we're gonna go through life. The second thing is that, and remember this, Isaiah recorded these prophecies 700 years before Jesus was born. So this man of God, trusting God to impart future hope in his life, began to declare something that would not happen for 700 years. Now, we like for God to do things fast. Yes, Mary, tell us. Because it's like a miniature Bible. Yes, it is. Talking of judgment and the second chapter is bringing message of hope and redemption. Thank you for that, Mary. Hallelujah. God is faithful. Um, so imagine Isaiah praying and predicting for 700 years and the other prophets who followed him. But he didn't give up. He pressed on until that time he was executed. And I want us to know that the hope never stops. The hope cannot be executed. Amen? The hope cannot be executed. The faith in God cannot be killed. We keep it alive by staying in the word of God, being filled up with the power of the Holy Spirit. The second thing in Isaiah that we would see is that Isaiah said that what, what would happen to the Savior once he came. So the Savior would perform miracles predicted in Isaiah 35, verse 5 and 6, fulfilled in Matthew 9, 35, predicted and fulfilled. He predicted in Isaiah 53 that the Messiah, the Savior, would be rejected by his own people. It was fulfilled in John chapter 7, verse 5 and 48. It was predicted. How could you predict that not only would he be born, but that he would stand silent before his accusers, except that the Holy Spirit imparted to him. It was predicted in Isaiah 53, 7, that he would stand silent. It was fulfilled in Matthew 27, 12. It was predicted that he would be wounded and bruised in Isaiah 56 and fulfilled in Matthew 26 or 27:26 it was even predicted exactly specifics that he would be smitten and spit upon in Isaiah 56 it was fulfilled in Matthew 26:67 can you tell i'm excited about this that the old testament is fulfilled in the new testament which means the new testament's going to be fulfilled in my life and your life and the lives of the generations to come it was predicted in Isaiah 53, 12, that he would pray for his persecutors. Have you ever been persecuted? <laughs> you can raise a hand. You can say, I've been persecuted. I've had challenges. I've had betrayals. It's not fun. But he also predicted that Jesus would pray for those people. It was predicted specifically that he would be crucified with two thieves in Isaiah 53, 9. It was fulfilled in Matthew 27, 38. 
it was predicted that he would be buried in a rich man's tomb in Isaiah 53, 9, and it was fulfilled in Matthew 27, 57 through 60. Jesus was the one who fulfilled all these prophecies, and he did so to pay the price of my sin and yours. He knew. He, he suffered with his, our infirmities. He knew the feeling of our infirmities. He knew when we would have doubt and fear and betrayal and frustration. And it is predicted that if you will go towards the future with hope, that this is not a count up, this is a countdown to the day that we stand before Jesus. How exciting is that? Finally, in Isaiah chapter 2, Isaiah said the Savior will come back again one day to set up a literal kingdom on earth and usher in a time of prosperity and peace and joy, Isaiah 2. So here's another prediction. We're waiting on this one to be fulfilled. He promised that after he rose from the dead, he would go and prepare a place for us. And second, he promised that he would come back for us to take us in John 14, 1 through 4. So you see the thread that we weave through our Bible study, that God, when he spoke in the Old Testament, he fulfilled in the New Testament, and God spoke in the New Testament. And today, he wants to impart hope and confidence in us that the word of God is true. It is a powerful sword, which is a weapon not to be used with angry fists and riots and despair, but one to be used to promote hope and truth and promise that God has a redemption plan. I don't want to be, I don't know about you, I don't want to want to be one of the people that throws up their arms and says, the world has gone to ashes. There's no hope for America. There's no hope for someone else, no matter what happens. How many countries have had good kings and bad kings, good rulers and bad rulers, but they were brought through their wilderness when the people of God trusted in the promise of God. We will be brought through our wilderness turmoil when the people of God stand on the promises of God. You will come through it in the turmoil when the people of God stand on the promises of God. And that was a forward from the book. We're not even in the book all the way yet. Then on page 11 in my book, it says a word from the author. A word from the author. William Sanford wrote in his fascinating book, The Great Personalities of the Old Testament, Isaiah is great for two reasons. One, he lived in momentous days, in critical days of international upheaval. Anybody want to raise their hand and say, I think in a day, I live in a day of international upheaval? We do. We can't deny that the world is in upheaval. There's all kinds of things going on. But God is amazing. And he wrote what many considered to be one of the greatest books in the Old Testament. Listen to this. We see Isaiah, we see Isaiah move with fearless dignity through the chaos of his day. The man of God, the woman of God, 
can move with fearless dignity through the chaos of our day. I will not let the chaos of our day cause me to lose my joy, cause me to lose anything. It is a weapon for redemption. Yes, Mary. Hallelujah. And so at a time when empires were rising and falling and his nation was in peril, Isaiah wrote in chapter 30, listen to this one, Isaiah 30, verse 15, in returning and rest, you shall be saved in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. There is a strength in knowing the promise of God, the blessing of God, even the process of redemption. Sunday, I get to preach on the process of prayer, that faith moves our prayer, that it shakes the walls like it did in the prison. It sets us free. In returning and rest, we shall be saved. There's that redemption again. And it says that we will see God's people chastened. So sometimes we have to get corrected. On, on page, uh, I don't know, page 12, we see God's people chastened, which means corrected, guided, encouraged to follow the, the plan of God. And then we see them restored. Above all else, we see Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, God's suffering servant, as he does the will of God and suffers and dies for the sins of this world. He, Warren, the author of the book, writes, My own faith in God was strengthened as I walked with Isaiah during the months. I wrote, Be comforted. I trust that your faith will be strengthened. And I was looking. This book was first published in 1992. So you see, some of what we're experiencing, while the circumstances are different, perhaps the intensity feels much, much different, the global impact of pandemic and COVID-19 and economic uh, issues and turmoil um, are different. But Isaiah wrote about it. The New Testament understood about it. Then the author wrote about it in 1992. And here we are in 2020 studying it again. You can never study the word of God too much. It's amazing. So here's a suggested outline, which happens to be on probably what page 13 is. Can you see that? I'm going to let you look at it for just a minute. And while you're looking at that, if you would type in the chat, what does understanding, follow me on this question, what does understanding the turmoil in nations um, have to do with walking through chaos in my life? What does understanding the turmoil in nations have to do with walking through the chaos in our life? Amy, I know you're there. I hope you're there. Sometimes we say, if you have a comment about the question, you can write that down. Mary, Boriana, Eunicia, Barb, any of you that are there, what does understanding the current chaos of nations have to do with helping me walk through the chaos of my life? Type it in the chat. I'm going to take a sip. We're relaxed on Thursday. For me, understanding the chaos of the times in Isaiah's time 
even in the time of the author writing things, is that a reminder that last week when we had chaos over sick grandbaby and um, concerns for several of our friends, even that um, pastor in the U.S. that have had COVID, to be able to know there is a promise of redemption and we can rejoice. There is a promise of redemption and we can rejoice. And so if I understand that there is a promise of redemption and I can rejoice, then I don't lose the joy of the Lord. Um, the Bible says to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So as we praise God, as we study Isaiah, and we can say, the, you know, here's a man who had a big uh, situation all around him and people didn't like him, and, and but God loved him. And God imparted words of hope and redemption and healing. Um, that's comforting to me. That I don't live in a day right now that's beyond the scope. God's not going, oh my, I've never seen anything like this happen in my world before. God formed and fashioned each of us. Remember, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and de destroy. But he also wants to distract and discourage. Yes, thank you, Boriana. I understand that the Lord is in control and there is no place for fear. Barb, God is still on the throne. I run to him and I trust him. Yes, you know, I was listening to a worship song yesterday about the weapons of our warfare. And one of the, in the song, it said, um, trusting God is a weapon. Did you ever think about it like that? I, I didn't until yesterday. When I trust God, I'm using a weapon of warfare against the enemy that I will not lose hope, that I will not doubt the Lord, that I will keep persevering. Yes, Amy, if we can see how our God moves in big circles, like in nations, we can see how much we're loved because he wants to move in our private, intimate lives as well. He's got of the big, big picture, and he's got of my intimate life. I love that. Thank you, Amy, for sharing that. It's so true. We have to understand God sees the big picture, but he has details. If he could predict, as we heard, how Jesus would die, that he would even be spit upon, that what kind of tomb he would be buried in, we can be sure that God cares about the details of our life. And if he predicted a redemption and he predicted a savior and a Messiah, yes, Boriana, I love that. When you pass through those waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, hallelujah, that is so awesome. Um, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. We won't let that happen. We walk with a shield around us and we see that God is faithful. Amen? Yes, I understand that God's presence is with me, Mary, in the turmoil. Nothing surprises him. And you know, no matter how old or young you are in your walk with Jesus, we still have to remember, God, you're not surprised by this. You're not surprised by that. Um, Though it delay, my daughter sent a verse this morning that I shared with some who've been praying with us for her. Um, let me see if I can get it to you. Uh, it's in Habakkuk. Habakkuk 2, 
chapter, uh, verse 2 through 3. Habakkuk 2, verse 2 through 3. And then God answered, and she wrote from the message, write what you see. Write it out in big block letters. Though it linger, wait for it. And so this story of Isaiah, this book of Isaiah is going to remind us we don't, we don't give up. We don't relent. We don't back down. We don't lose heart. That um, greater is he than is in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. So if we're going to have courage and trust the Lord, and I want you to write trust is my weapon. We know that worship is warfare. We know that the word of God is a sword and a weapon, but I want you to write, trusting God is my weapon. And when I understand that, when doubts start to come in my mind and I start to, to second guess myself or I start to second guess the people in my life, that I will stand on the word of God and remember that trust is my weapon. I will not let the enemy take my trusting in God and his voice and his word away from me. And so we stand, though it linger, wait for it. He is going to fulfill that promise. Um, I also want you to type in the chat something that uh, maybe there's another verse, because as we study Isaiah, the Lord will bring a verse to you. And that helps someone else in a Bible study to say, oh, it says it here and it says it there. Thank you, Eunicea, for putting up Habakkuk 2. Awesome. Yes, I want to, it said, write it on plain tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation, the answer, the promise awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come. It will not delay. Trusting God is one of our weapons that the enemy wants to take away from us. And we're not going to let him do that. Amen? So is there a verse that you use that helps you to remember to trust God when everything around you is kind of telling you what is going on. What do you do? Julia, what do you do when you need to trust God? What verse in the Bible speaks to you? I'm going to give you a minute. Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Hi, Natalie. What do you do? What's a scripture that you use to trust God? So um, as you write that in the chat, others can look those up. Psalm 37, verse four and five are two of my favorites. And... Um, uh, I have stood on those for many times. It talks about fret not and trust in the Lord. Commit your way to him and he will bring it to pass. Here it said it in Habakkuk. He will. It will certainly come and will not delay. And um, so as we talk about being persistent in our faith and persistent in our trust in the word of God, what we see from Isaiah, it's predicted in Isaiah. It's fulfilled in the New Testament. It's predicted in Isaiah. It's fulfilled in the life of Christ. It's predicted and it will be fulfilled in your life. It will be fulfilled in my life. God's promises are true. So there's going to be some hard stuff we have to talk about because it wasn't easy in Isaiah's time. Um, so it says on page 13, a suggested outline of the book, 
You'll see that we'll understand the condemnation, the sermons against the nation, Judah and Israel, about get yourself together and stop sinning against God. Um, the burdens of judgment against the Gentiles. The songs about future glory, Isaiah 24 through 27. The historical interlude where Hezekiah comes and, and some things happen there. And then we can't wait to get to the end, but we're going we're gonna to process it because the promise is coming, but I got to get past all the obstacles and all the chaos and all the struggle and sickness and poverty and disappointments. Um, but here's the consolation in Isaiah. God is great, Isaiah 40 to 48. And he talks about the father of God versus the idols that people were worshiping. Don't worship an idol of money. That's not the answer. Don't worship an idol of human friendship because Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Don't worship idols of um, being popular, or being in the right group. Worship God the Father. That's where the greatness comes from. And that in Isaiah 49 to 57, we, we hear about God's grace from the Son and that he's God's servant. And we learn from the life of Christ. And then finally, Isaiah 58 to 66, God's glory, the spirit and the kingdom, and the prophecies of what are going to be amazing. So next week, we're going to start with the Lord is my salvation. Chapter one, and I've already marked up my notes so you can see some of the things that are speaking to me and uh, lots of writing. And then you'll see that we have some questions to answer. So if you have your book, you can look over those questions and you can have some of your answers ready to write in the chat. That's very helpful. Um, how do we, here's for example, here's one of the questions for next week. How can we effectively communicate to our culture about judgment, or is it impossible, and about hope? And I want to talk a little bit about how we give truth to someone about repenting of their sin. You know, at our church, we believe in giving people the opportunity at the end of every message to say, God, I need to repent. I, I have not been living my life in, in that place with the Lord. And inviting Jesus to be in charge. Have you ever, um, why don't you, because we're just getting started, we got some new ones that are getting to meet each other. So Barb, Amy, Eunicia, Natalie, I'm so glad while some people are able to join us on lunchtime. Tell us, I've been serving Jesus for, and sometimes I say it like this, how long have you been in love with Jesus? How long have you been loving Jesus? So I've been loving Jesus mm, five decades, more than five decades. How long have you been loving Jesus? I've met with a couple people this week that have been loving Jesus for a year, two years. It doesn't matter how long. God wants your roots to go deep. So no matter how long you've been serving Jesus, your roots can go deep every time you study the word of God. Um, how long have you been loving Jesus? I'm looking at some of your answers. Hallelujah. Yes, Julia, he's not a man that he could lie. My help comes from the Lord. Psalm 121, I love that. 
Yes, Natalie, those proverbs, how powerful they are. And the Lord is my shaper. Wonderful. Oh, I, Ivy, I love that. Ecclesiastes, he's made everything beautiful in his time. Yes, in his time. Amen. That's powerful. Powerful, powerful. Thank you for sharing. All right. Boyana's been in love with Jesus for more than 20 years. Ivy, I've been loving Jesus since I was young. Amy, 37 years. You're not that old, Amy. <laughs> five decades. Lewis, yay. I got somebody else with me that's five decades. How awesome is that? I'm not the only grandma. No, 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 no. Awesome. Well, I want to give you one more thing before we close up and we do some prayer requests today. Um, besides telling me how long you've been loving Jesus, why don't you um, tell me if there's any prayer requests that you have so I can scroll over to those before I pray and we will pray together. And I always go back to the chat afterwards and I pray again for those things and those comments and those things that are so passionate in people's lives. From my Life Application Study Bible, I love this about Isaiah. Here it is. It's telling me some of Isaiah's characteristics, which I think is really awesome in the Life Application Study Bible. And um, I don't know if you can see it, but right above this part right here is the verse in Isaiah, chapter 6, which... You know what? I think we all need to have this mindset from Jesus, from, from the Lord, from Isaiah. Isaiah 6, 8, he says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Now, what if God sent you to a place that you, you got tired of? You had so many uncertainties. I know some of us are in places of quite, we can't plan for, for the next few months because we don't know what the lockdowns are going to do and all of that. But we can know with a certainty that God has ordered the steps of his children, that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. We thank him for that. We thank him for that. And so if Isaiah said, here I am, send me, shouldn't that be part of our prayer today? If we're praying for sickness, last week I was praying that my little Juliana would be strong enough to say to those nurses and those doctors, my Gigi's praying for me. My friends of my Gigi are praying for me. I'm believing what God has for me. That my daughter would know that she was, even though in the spite of COVID and everything, thank God she got to be with her daughter, but nobody could go in the hospital with her anyway. But she wasn't alone. Amen. She wasn't alone. So as we're praying, we know, Lord, you sent me. If you send me into this hospital and you don't heal me yet, and I'm supposed to be here for six more days than I expected to be, or five more days, that the Lord orchestrates the steps of his people. And so here's what we learn from Isaiah's accomplishments. He's considered the greatest Old Testament prophet. He was quoted at least 50 times in the New Testament. He had powerful message of judgment and truth. He carried out a consistent, I pray for consistency. That would be one of my prayer requests, that I would not let turmoil and things and distractions 
make me inconsistent, that the Lord would keep my joy consistent, that the Lord would keep my faith consistent, that the Lord would keep my confidence consistent. Isaiah carried out a consistent ministry even when he had little positive response from his listeners. You know, we get a lot more less response during COVID while we have to share screens like this. And that's why I love seeing the comments and the amens because none of us want to be alone. We don't want to do life alone. And these are some lessons that we can learn from the life of Isaiah. God's help is needed in order to effectively confront sin while comforting people. God's help is needed in order to effectively confront sin while comforting people. That's the name of this book, Be Comforted. So if someone comes to me and they're in turmoil and they've got some sin going on and I'm aware of that, the Lord will help me give wisdom to confront the sin, but to comfort the person that, what did we learn at the beginning? Redemption. Redemption and rejoicing is part of the message in Isaiah. And that God is purely and perfectly holy, just, and loving. Amen? God is perfect, holy, just, and loving. One of the key verses of Isaiah has been known to be Isaiah 6-8. And so we are thankful that as we trust the Lord, he's with us. Here's one of the commentaries from from Isaiah chapter six, as he was writing this, it says, seeing the Lord, and we, I've got seven minutes, so don't get nervous. Seeing the Lord and listening to the praise of the angels, Isaiah realized, Isaiah realized he was unclean before God with no hope of measuring up to God's standard of holiness. When Isaiah's lips were touched with a live burning coal, However, he was told that his sins were forgiven. It was not the coal that cleansed him, but God. Now we don't need coal. We need Jesus. Maybe <laughs> sometimes in a group we might say, did somebody ever get their mouth washed out with soap? Did parents don't put it on there if you did it. But um, I can tell you, I had my mouth washed out with soap one time, and I never said, I never talked back after that when I was a little girl. Uh, no matter how difficult... In response, Isaiah submitted himself entirely to God's service. That's why he said, when God said, who will go, who will do, who will work in this environment where it's stressful, who will work in this company where there's so much political stuff going on and maneuvering, and maybe God is saying to you, here I am, Lord, send me, let me be a voice of influence in this place of difficulty, whether it's a university, whether it's a, an organizational structure, a corporation, God is perfect and holy. And he's asking us, will you go into these places and be a voice of hope and courage? Before we accept God's call to speak to him, to speak for him to those around us, we must be cleansed, letting God purify us is sometimes painful, but we must be so purified that we can truly represent God who is pure and holy. So today, I asked you to pray for me to be consistent in my faith and my strength. What are you asking for? What are you asking for? Any prayer requests that we can pray with you about, please type those prayer requests in. 
you don't see any messages coming to me just now. Praise God. Praise God. I want us to pray that the Lord would, as we study Isaiah, examine our own heart. I, who am I? So I'm not using my words. I'm using the words of this author who has studied not only Isaiah, but others who studied Isaiah. I'm using the words of my life application study Bible that I love because God's word is amazing and powerful and it's so much better than any of the words that I could choose. But I want us to agree because we need to pray with that strong faith with each other. Yes, Salome, we pray for wisdom for your life and your family. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. We pray for technology to work so we can keep joining online. I'm giving you just a minute. Hallelujah. If you're not praying for something specific, then I also want you to be praying as a person of faith for these prayer requests that you see, for the unspoken prayer request. Yes, Amy, we're praying for teachers and students who are starting school, her three daughters, that they would feel his presence even in these unusual times. Yes, Natalie, that you will be bold in your faith and his praise will always be on my lips. Yes, don't let the enemy steal. Don't let the battle steal your praise. I have a little sign on my desk at home. Don't let the battle steal your praise. But, you know, we've been through some, excuse me, battles, but we won't let the battle steal our praise. So will you join with me? Father, I thank you for every person on this Thursday Connect now and who will watch later. As we study Isaiah and we recognize that you will give direction and wisdom to those who ask for it, that you will provide a job, that you will open up those contracts and you'll show the people the right places to put their resume in or to ask for something. We pray for peace in Boreana. We pray, God, that you would be with Amy's daughters, that they would feel the presence. God, let it be supernatural. I pray that even every day as they come home, that there will be something that happens during the day that reminds them, wow, I prayed about this. I'm not feeling upset about it. I have a perfect peace. Um, we pray for patience. Yes, Eunicia, that we'll trust God's timing. Remember Habakkuk 2.3. We will trust God's timing. Amen? Yes, and Rosa has sent to me. Awesome. Uh, I think it's it's Habakkuk Rosa. Jehovah me respondió y dio, escribe la visión y declara en tablas para que cura el que leere en ella. Excuse my Spanish. Unque la visione tardara un por un tiempo. Maybe this, <laughs> okay? So, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, we're praying for school children. You know, last night and on Wednesdays, we're now praying for the generations. And it was right after last Wednesday's prayer that our little daughter went into the hospital, our little granddaughter went into the hospital. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. One generation will declare his works to the next because they will know that God answers prayer. They will experience the turmoil, the chaos, 
but they will also feel and sense the peace of God, the safety of God, the hedge of health. God, we pray a hedge of health around all of us in these coming changing of season, changing of temperature month. We rebuke the devourer. We rebuke COVID-19. We rebuke sickness and flu, infection and fever in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you are making bodies strong. You are making our minds strong. You are making our spirit strong. We stand upon the word and we say, like Isaiah said, there will be redemption and we will rejoice. There is a savior coming who will fulfill the promises of God. He arose and the crowd fell silent. The atmosphere was electric. This great man was declaring the promises of God. So Lord, help your children declare your promises. Help your people to declare your promises. So just take a minute. Let's just praise him. God, I thank you. I thank you for my friends that joined me today. I can't wait to have more input on chapter one of Be Comforted, to have a couple ladies in the room with me next week who can help. We'll dialogue. We'll take turns, girls, here in Rome. Um, Amy, you can take a train. I don't know. Come on down. But God is faithful. And you can get others. The good thing about doing it online is you can get others to join you. Then you can have a follow-up conversation about how we understand the chaos of the nation. And as Amy said, how then it affects the intimate details of every one of our lives. I love you so much. I am in Bella Vida where dreams can grow again, but I want you to know God's going to keep your dreams growing. The things that you thought were wilting or not vibrant and alive, God wants to give you strength for the dream process. So today, Eunice or somebody write that in the chat for me. Boriana, God wants to give you strength for the dream process. He will give you comfort in chaos, and he will give you peace and purpose, no matter what pandemic is raging at the moment. I love you. God bless you. Stay in the word, stay in prayer, and stay in faith. Amen? Love you so much.